and welcome to episode 44 of the Critical Twits Gaming Podcast, the first in our new monthly series covering Netrunner, where we're going to be going from script kiddies to black hat hackers. Welcome back. Uh, this week, I am kicking Brian out of the host seat Aww. to take over running nets, I guess, <laughs> and teaching you guys how to do it. Um, so yes, we are the Critical Twits. My name is Joe Lewin. I'm Aaron Vinsky. I'm Brian Ennis, and we are joined by our fourth most secretive twit, who we've had to go and download from the internet, <laughs> our Critical Twit technical officer. Yes, I'm Jamie Myland. Hello! Your Hello. first ever podcast yes. with us. But the first of many, hopefully. Good to be here. Yeah, so this week we are going to be exploring the vast world of Netrunner and starting our ongoing adventure. A journey. Yes, into the tournament scene and across the nets. <laughs> That's brilliant, because the very last thing of the last podcast is you singing... Um, <laughs> don't stop, don't stop believing. <laughs> I put it at the end because it made me laugh. So what we're going to start off with this week is talking about what Netrunner actually is. Uh, it is a limited card game. Nope. No? Living card game. Living card game. <laughs> <laughs> Begins with an L. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're going to go over a brief history of what Netrunner is and what it's become. Um, what we're actually doing with it as a, as a group. Playing it. Yes, Aaron. But not badly by the end of it. Um, we're going to talk about why we're doing it, where we're going to be playing, yep. will be mentioned, um, and then talking through our first impressions, how you can get other people into the game, and other useful information this week. Yep. So we're going to hand over to our technical officer to go through a brief explanation of what it is and, and why it, the way it is. Okay, well, what Netrunner was, um, it was a game released in the, the 90s, a card game, um, by Wizards of the Coast, and um, it was designed, actually, by Richard Garfield, who many of you may know as the designer of Magic the Gathering. I remember commenting this early stage one massively as a kid. Yeah, you yeah, really I'd wanted. I really wanted to play that rather than Magic, but couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, it was actually, in the Magic style, it was, was released as a, as a, CG, as a CCG. Uh, collectible card game um, with booster packs, and um, just think: should we differentiate for the listeners what between a CCG and an LCG? Well, but yeah, collectible card games is where you buy a random pack of things, yes. isn't it? And we talk when we talk about Dice Masters, yes. both Colin and I. Oh, poor Colin, alas, I knew him well. Um, <laughs> we talked about why we don't tend to like that kind of yeah. thing because there's luck involved, or you end up spending fifty pounds on a single card. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, so it was a it was a CCG in the nineties that had moderate success and then was forgotten um, by the majority of you know the gaming community. Uh, then I believe it was uh, in two thousand twelve, Fantasy Flight Games. Uh, acquired the rights uh, to bring it back as an LCG. So instead of being a CCG, collectible card game, um, an LCG is a living card game. The main difference there being that rather than getting random booster packs, um, you're actually, you know exactly what you're getting in every pack that gets released. Yeah. So there's the standard core set of the game that gives you enough to get started and playing with. And 
then there's these regularly released packs, usually one a month or six month cycle, uh, where you will be able to go out and get the cards you want. Or you can become addicted like me and get all of them. <laughs> <laughs> your your collection is something to to behold. It is many boxes with all the bits of paper. <laughs> something I currently aspire to. Yes. Um, <laughs> I yeah. feel I might overtake you soon. <laughs> well, you, you have so far. Yeah. I think I'll catch you back up. Yeah. Uh, but the, the nice thing with this as well is that you, you get enough, as many copies as you could use in a deck in these packs. So if you want the card card X that comes in pack Y, mm. you buy pack Y and you don't need to buy anything else. You've got all of the copies of that card and the other cards in that pack. Yeah, it's much, much better. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably talk about that a little bit more. Um, what I think... Um, well, I was just going to say, um, and, you know, while we'll talk about later how Netrunner's mechanics are really quite interesting, um, it's also worth mentioning at this point the theme. Um, so mm. uh, Netrunner itself is a um, cyberpunk-themed game. Um, the original release, um, it was based on the Cyberpunk 2020 universe, um, where essentially you one person would play as a corporation, and the other person playing against them would play as a runner. When the game was rethemed with the Fantasy Flight release, um, they actually decided to pick a different universe rather than the um, the 2020 universe. Uh, they went with the Android universe, which uh, was first sort of conceived in 2008. Um, there was a board game that Fantasy Flight released called Android, um, which was a cyberpunk themed murder mystery tabletop adventure. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Is that still available? Yeah, it is. And it does look very interesting. I haven't yet we'll, played it myself. We'll have to have a go at that as part of this ongoing series, yeah, I yes. think. Yeah. And you will actually come to recognise some of the theme and flavour and characters in that game in Netrunner. Um, there are playable characters in that, such as Caprice Nise, who are also um, very important cards in the game. Excellent. Oh, cool. But Netrunner itself took this Android theme and built upon it and expanded it. So, so it ran with well, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> towards um, some nets. So rather than just having the standard uh, corporation and runner uh, factions that you had in the original Netrunner, um, they actually flavoured it and themed it more by breaking it down into sort of factions within those two camps. Um, so on the corporation side, yeah, we've we've got Wayland, we have NDN. We have Hasbiroid and we have Jinteki. Yeah, so just a quick mention about that kind of theme. Um, the main concept of the game started off around um, Hasbiroid, who were a corporation developing Bioroids, yeah. which are essentially androids. Yeah, um, Blade Runner, it's what I've got from them. Very, very yeah. Blade Runner. Um, whereas they were kind of a corporation that was working against another one called Jinteki. Uh, and Jinteki are a Japanese organisation um, who were into cloning. Cloning and AI, isn't it? They—they they got. Well, have I just made that up? <laughs> That's the second time you said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Just lies. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I might be wrong, but as far as I'm aware, it's cloning. And um, these two corporations sort of going head to head as corporations, but then the runner coming in as a third faction to to steal things from them and mess with them. Um, but to expand that even further, you also now have the Wayland organization who. Are kind of like the, the the evil corp. They're the big bad type. Uh, let's try and do what we want and make the laws ourselves and kill the people yeah. that get in the way. Again, very much taking off their namesake from Aliens, really, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wayland Yutani from the the Alien yeah. ones. And um, 
then there's NBN, who is basically future Fox News. Who <laughs> um, uh, basically yeah, they they will control what you see on television, and they will find out where you live, and either advertise you to death or actually literally kill you. So slightly less evil than real life Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's the corporation side of things. And then over on the runner side, it's split into three factions. So even that in itself, but we haven't mentioned the fact that the game is played asynchronously. The the corporation and the runner side of things are actually two different games that play against each other uh, yeah. with different mechanics. Um, but even the actual structure of the um, factions is asynchronous in the fact that, at least in the core set, there are four corporations and three runners uh, factions. And the runner factions are Anarch, who does anybody want to? Yeah, I mean, the Anarchs essentially want to get in there, steal things, and cause trouble. Absolutely, um, um, and probably just break stuff while they're there. Yes, yeah, they they might have a political purpose, but they're very much against the corporations. The corporations are bad. Let's just mess with them, um, yeah. and very sort of individualist. Um, sort of in style. Yeah, they some of the cards, some of the abilities um, go down the route of let's fight against the powers. Yeah. The other ones go down the route of fortune. So it's very, <laughs> yeah. Um, then you have um, shapers. Yes. Now the shapers are they're kind of the nerds of the game. They're they're us really. They're the <laughs> yeah. Um, Speak for yourself. <laughs> much more of a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come to criminals in a moment, but um, with, with shapers. They're the ones who want to see if they can get into things just to see if they can. I did notice that one of the identities you could take for Shaper was a 12-year-old girl who's a like, super genius. This goes, oh, I can muck about with people's computers. This is cool, yeah, essentially. And then well, if you're playing Wayland or NBA, you can blow <laughs> her up or run her over in a traffic accident. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's quite dark, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, shapers, they have all the interesting tools that everyone else wants to borrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they are quite a kind of, I won't say generic, but they're quite a um, standard runner. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. They probably seem to be what the game's almost designed around, and then the other ones were kind of branched off from them. Um, and then finally, you have Criminal. Joe, do you yeah. want to talk about Criminal? Um, the Criminals are mostly about making money, um, as most criminals are. Um, yep. but they have they mostly feature ways of rather than your generic destruction from the Anarchs or the clever programming tricks from, from the, yeah they, they have their tricks but it's all about bypassing things and yeah. sneaking round stuff rather than blowing it up or figuring out a way through it yeah um, yeah yes. and it's just worth mentioning that we won't go into detail right now but they have recently released some mini factions um, which add even more flavour to the game. Yeah, um, I know th- Joe is playing one of those quite regularly. At the moment, yeah. I think we'll cover those in possibly the next episode, because mm. I know Aaron's looking at one of them as well. Oh, okay, cool. So we will talk about those in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So that's generally the theme of the game. Yeah, so it's your, your hackers versus your corporations. Yeah. And what you'll do is you'll play a game where, say if I'm playing Joe, I'll play the hacker and he'll be the corp, defending himself and yes. trying to score his agenda, so complete his business. As a corporation, when I try Shouting, to get steal off it. my land, about well, get out of my servers. Yeah, yeah. get out my servers. <laughs> yeah, noir. <laughs> Shotgun. Um, <laughs> and then we'll score that, and then we'll swap over. Yes. So yes. you don't just play one side; everybody plays both. Yeah. 
and you'll you'll sort of swap over. So everyone will come to a game with two sets of cards, a deck for each yeah. side. Um, I have to say, it's the theme that really appealed to me. Yeah, yeah so, uh, you are a big fan of your cyberpunk. Yeah. I love my cyberpunk. I'd quite happily give you a, a brief history and discourse on cyberpunk if you so desire. <laughs> Well, it might be worth mentioning at this point the kind of progenitor of much of the cyberpunk, if you wanted to. Yeah, so so the idea, the, the term cyberspace was coined by the writer William Gibson back in 1982 mm-hmm. um, in his first collection of short stories, Burning Chrome, and then expanded upon in Neuromancer. Joe looks quite impressed because I'm doing this without notes. <laughs> I oh, you look, Joe. I always assume you have notes on there. Anyway. No, there's no, nothing. I'm, I'm learning because ah, cool. no, yeah. reading about it is fantastic. Yeah. It's set in Tomorrow's Tomorrow, so not too far in the future. Um, so set in 2020, I was like, well, we've got three years till this happens. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Um, you've got basically a society dominated by uh, money-hungry uh, corporations. You've got lots and lots of uh, poor people living very, very close together, uh, often in something that in, in Gibson's fiction is termed the sprawl. Well, I thought we were talking about today's word. This is, this is <laughs> yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the cyberspace first being mentioned in 1982, before the internet yeah. was conceived yeah. of. Um, Gibson has been credited sort of inventing the term and predicting the future. Mm. Now, he says that he Which. just got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that he he wrote those short stories and neuromancer in kind of a frenzy hoping that no one beat him to it because it seemed so obvious that that was where we were going Mm. we're not quite there yet but actually the rise of corporate power um the rise of the reach and influence of the media and the internet's current importance in our daily lives at least in um sort of the developed world was very much predicted Um, in his work and then that genre has sort of taken off and expanded and gone in different directions um so you've got um people like neil stevenson mm-hmm. who his his book snow crash uh, from 1992 which has lots and lots of sort of mythic significance mm-hmm. and very very big ideas about how we actually construct societies in the world um sort of filtering in there um one of my favorites is richard morgan's altered carbon which is all about set sort of the tomorrow of cyberpunk if you like where if you are rich enough you can download your conscience into a new body and essentially live forever um Everybody has a chip in the back of their neck, which in theory contains their soul, using air quotes. Mm. So you can murder someone's body, and that's a bit naughty. But if you actually destroy that chip, then you are the most hated person in the world, because everyone wants to try and live uh, live forever. Uh, which is being turned into a TV series, mm. uh, which will be out in 2018. And I'm so excited, because it's going to be really, really good. Mm. Um, but there's lots and lots of cyberpunk What's recently got me interested in cyberpunk again is the release of the new Deus Ex game, mm-hmm. which I know you've been playing as well, Joe. Yes. Have you been playing? I haven't yet, no. Been playing? You had to go? I can't afford it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's complete it and lend it to Aaron. <laughs> you complete it, lend it to Aaron. I've got someone, two people, in fact, that are on the list wanting for a month. Oh, okay. Um, I'll dress in dark shades and a trench coat and wander around somewhere orange. I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> See, there are there are cliches with Cyberpunk. There are, yeah. Um, the, the trench coat, the mirror shades. It was a very big thing in the 80s and sort of up to the mid-90s. It's often raining a lot as well. <laughs> the yeah. Matrix is essentially a Cyberpunk movie. Yes, it is. Um, and then it's kind of died off probably because the internet actually sort of became a real important thing. Yeah. I think we're seeing a sort of resurgence of it now. We're kind of on the cusp of it being a thing again. I think you could argue it might have carried on if the second and third Matrix movies weren't shit. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Might have killed yeah. the interest of it. But... Okay, so that is the history and what, what, the what is of Netrunner. Mm. No, it might be worth mm-hmm. mentioning actually at this point. Um, for anybody getting into... Netrunner for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, my my wife has actually stated on several occasions that listening to anybody talk about Netrunner is almost like listening to another language where you know all the words but not the order they're said in. I had <laughs> yes. that same yeah. conversation with somebody in a uh, hobby shop in Cambridge. Yeah. Um, he was showing his other half. Well, no, his other half was showing him Netrunner and going, "This looks really interesting." She's like, oh, I keep trying to get into it, but all the language is really confusing. And she went, yeah, I remember last time I tried to explain to you, just glazed over when I started mentioning mm-hmm. words. Yeah. It does take, it's a new language. Yeah, it is. It uses existing words in different ways. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like ice, which uh, is not a thing that you're going to slip over or put in or drink. Stuff again, isn't it, it is. Yes. Um, yeah. it, from, from Neuromancer, um, Intrusion Countermeasures Electronics. Yes. Uh, yeah. The acronym. Um, Black ice I mean, that can hurt the person yes. accessing they it, are, et cetera. They are all terms that are, for the most part, like obviously bioroids aren't a thing, but they are terms that are used in in the technical the world. Part. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, stuff is stuff is made up. Mm. Um, but... We'll, we'll endeavour to explain them as we go yeah. along. We'll be the Rosetta Stone of Netrunner for. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we will guide you. We will be the torch in the murky electronic darkness. <laughs> would you use a torch? Yeah, an LED one. I think in yeah. Netrunner, the art would probably be a nice flaming torch, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. probably would. Yeah. Yes, yeah. What I think would be quite just good. Just a buzzing of electrons. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a buzzing of electrons. So your mum. She really is. <laughs> Um, well, I thought it would be quite interesting because that's the history of Netrunner and yes. the cyberpunk thing. And I, as, as we said, the, the theme I, I feel really strongly drawn to. Mm. Um, but our own personal histories of <gasps> Netrunner. And this cuts our group neatly in half. Mm, yeah. Because we've got two experts, if you like, well, or two people that are, are much more semi into it. No, not lo- uh, semi, not longer than amateur. Yeah, maybe. and two people that are very, very new to it. Yeah, and actually, the format we're going to do is um, we're going to pair up, and the people that are into Netrunner and have been playing for a while are going to tutor their young apprentices and pit them against each other in bloody combat at the end of the uh, of the series. Yes, oh, yeah. I should have hit you during the games. Yeah, why not? Cool, because we... I reckon I could take a punch from you <laughs> and then I'd bite you back. <laughs> We've divided the group by their ability to grow beards. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, we have. <laughs> I will be taking on the tutelage of Aaron. Yes. And I will be uh, looking after Brian. May I speak, Master? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> what we've needed. <laughs> um, yeah, so the idea is we have um, found a, a local strop. 
um, your friendly local gaming shops, that are going to be doing a fair few Netrunner tournaments. Um, me and Jamie enjoying that kind of thing, the competition, the uh, crafting of decks and everything else, are going to be playing, and we thought it would be a nice idea to get um, Aaron and Brian, who... I know Brian's not keen on the tournament scene, air quotes. I've never really got into... I've played lots and lots of different games, and I've played quite a few of those a lot, uh, but I've never really got into something competitive, going out and playing strangers and scoring points and that kind of thing. Um, And so, yeah, it would be something different for me. It would take me out of my comfort zone and maybe make me less of a misanthrope. Or more. Or more, yeah. (laughs) I begin to see other people as pawns to be pushed aside in my diabolical schemes. I've never competed in board game, card game tournament type-wise. I've competed video games where the other person isn't in the room for me to shout at. So this might be different. Cool. <laughs> Aaron being the tamest one. Um, well, actually, maybe not now with the inclusion of Jamie, but it's definitely me or Brian that would be shouting. I'm the angriest anyone. person in the room. You are. But, but no matter what room I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> True. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going to be guiding them through building decks, how to play, general strategies. Um, when trying... not to eat the pieces. Yeah, you teach them to stop licking the cards. but Dipping them in coke. <laughs> but just, just trying to get through through the basics. And the end game for us is all four of us are going to go join in one of these local tournaments mm-hmm. and see who out of Aaron and Brian does the best. Which, of course, will be Brian. No. No. <laughs> As today has proven, Aaron is superior. Um, <laughs> I beat you once. How many yeah, out of four. Out four. Absolutely hammered you the first time I played you. That seven nil will live long in my but memory. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> to be fair, um, Alan has had some training from both of us so far. Yeah. Um, you betrayed me, master. <laughs> <laughs> Notice me, senpai. I'm here. Get good. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I feel a bit sick now. Yeah, yeah. I feel a bit, a bit disgusted. No, you're learning. It is good. <laughs> See, all I can, all all I've got is 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 Aaron in some kind of wheel. Where as the wheel turns, net runner cards move past very quickly. While Joe shouts, "Get good at it!" Over and over again, <laughs> possibly while throwing little cardboard chips, <laughs> credits, and yeah, uh, yeah. brain damage tokens <laughs> at his face. And then, then once we're done with the wheel, we we get a, a bag with your face on. He hits it with a chair. You know, <laughs> to build up that edge. Um, oh, we totally need to make a video that's like that. For like the last bit. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. So I, I think it'd be quite interesting um, if you're not internet runner, but you're interested, you can kind of grow along with me and Aaron. And I think it will be a really interesting point of view from somebody coming in now when we're several cycles into the game uh, a lot of cards have been released and there's a lot of intimidation for new players I think yeah um, so we're just going to try to make it a little bit more approachable for, for new players yeah definitely how many cards are there currently in the game about um, 700 roughly <laughs> <laughs> excellent but if you're already into Netrunner it'll also be interesting seeing other people sort of expanding the game bringing it to new people how to sort of share that that love of the game with others. The other thing I, I do point out often as well, when you know we highlight the fact there's 700 cards in the game, 
There is also seven factions, so that does make it slightly more approachable. Yes, yeah. yeah. But you can hire cross-faction cards. Yes, that's so, why things start to get a little more tricky. Yeah, so your options, in theory, you, you, they are your options, yes. but really you've got a hundred plus a few from the others. <coughs> Select all general ones. Yeah, yeah. so it is, it is going to be interesting. Um, these things obviously are easier to get into at the ground level, but if you get into something when it's just beginning, it might not go anywhere. Yeah. So it is quite nice to jump in, at least for me, to a proper, established, ongoing game with a good community behind it. Yes. yes. Which is one of the things Netrunner has. Yep. Yeah. For anyone that is looking to get into it, that's played Magic and gone along to tournaments or anything like that and just been smashed by the local person that has all the Planeswalkers, you don't really seem to have that kind of attitude no. in Netrunner. Yeah, and I think this is one of the things, as someone that's new, one of the things that appealed to me to play this rather than getting into... Because we're talking about getting into something together. Yeah. Um, rather than playing, say, Magic or maybe fully committing to Dice Masters that we've talked about, because it's a living card game, mm. all the cards are available. There is no pay to win. Except when they're open. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they are... Every card has got an equal worth. Yeah, for for, mon mm -hmm. for a monetary value, yeah, you, it, it costs the percentage of the pack it's in, yeah. yeah, and it's the same for everybody. Yeah, if I'm building a deck and someone says you should really put three of these cards in, mm -hmm. I can buy that data pack and put them in, and it will cost me. If it's out of print, it might be harder to get hold of, uh, but generally they tend to yeah, tend to be available. Like have started reprinting things. Yes, uh, uh, opening moves is out of stock for a long time. Yeah, um, but it seems to be back in most places now. Yeah, Excellent. so. There isn't that thing of you need to to win to win Magic the Gathering. You need to buy these three five hundred pound cards yeah. and put them in your deck, yeah. um, or you need to open four hundred twenty seven different uh, random packs mm -hmm. in the hope of finding one. It's also worth noting as well if you are trying to get into Netrunner or interested, the core set. The core set itself is a fantastic set, and it still holds up today. Um, uh, we'll talk more later about a tournament we entered recently. Um, yeah. But there were people there who were playing with essentially just core set decks and still placed highly in the tournament and did well. Yeah, yeah. which is your sort of roughly £30 box yeah. that gives you cards for every single faction and some neutral cards that you can add in and you can essentially make a deck that's playable yeah. for anyone. Yeah. Or two um, decks, one for each side. I remember a comment you made, Brian, when looking online at different decks and how things work and combinations and stuff, is you you were initially surprised that there you hadn't seen a single deck that didn't include core cards. Hmm. Yeah. Because most things, you're... Whereas this, this is very much a core set. It has core cards that are the core of a lot of things. They are yes. worth building upon. Yeah. It's not a starter set. It's not something yeah. that you're going to get, learn to play with, and then chuck aside because better stuff's available. Yeah. It is very good. Um, something I want to mention quickly as well is that while there isn't currently any rotation, that will be coming in by the end of next year. If you're playing tournaments, yeah. Yes. Which is our aim. But if you're playing casually, you then can you can want, use really. whatever you like. But they're going to start rotating what sets are available they are. for you to use. But they are doing something that's... Quite unique to them, as far as I'm aware. Really nice. Really, really good idea. The core sets will never rotate out. They yeah. will always be available. They are always a good buy. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you've got the core set, and then you've yes. got the four big expansions, the deluxe ones, which yes. each cover 
two sides, don't they? they each one has a uh, a runner faction it focuses on and a corporation faction it focuses yes, on. Yes, yeah. Um, apart from the mini factions, which came in one, but we'll get them to yeah, later. Yeah, because otherwise there's only seven and you end up with a box on its own, all sad and lonely. Then yeah. the end. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, yeah, so there's... They will never rotate either. Yeah, so they're they're so good as well. Those and cores. The reason I was pluralizing core is because you might want to buy multiple core sets because different numbers of cards come in different numbers in the core yeah. set, which is the only thing they've ever done that annoys me with their cards. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, you just need a friend like Jamie, and you can borrow his cards. Or me, <laughs> hopefully. Um, yeah. So it, all in all, the collecting side of it. Isn't the problem. Yes. Because everything's there as you want it. Mm. Uh, like Brian said, it's not pay to win. You have to pay if you want the cards. Yeah. But at the same time... Everything is available to everyone. It's a level playing yes. field for yeah. all players. And I think that's one thing. I don't know about you, Aaron, mm. but if we're going to go and play something competitive, I don't want to lose because I didn't want to spend the most amount of money. Yeah, yeah. certainly. I, I mean, especially <laughs> being a student, I don't necessarily have access to a lot of money, so... You know, having to buy that five hundred pound magic card to stand a chance of competing, uh, winning a tournament means well, there's no point in bothering playing because I'm yeah. going to pay five hundred pounds on a game. Yeah, the fact that if you want those particular cards, you can get hold of them yeah. Yeah. and play is one of the things that has coaxed me out of my not liking people shell and yeah. made me go actually no this could be a good thing because yeah. everyone has the same pool of cards to draw from yeah. that are all as easily got by everyone mm -hmm. yes. but i found people seem to be eager to share uh strategies and cut uh, mm. cards yeah together, stuff. oh look at these ones because these work really well together yeah, I mean, we'll talk about maybe some of the resources a little bit later, yeah. but there are, yeah. there's a, as Joe said, there's a great community out there already, yeah. just dipping my toe into it, yeah. just to sort of make my initial purchases, and yeah, inundated with help and suggestions and all sorts of things. Even on the internet, which is usually quite a scary place, yeah. um, mm. you find that not all the time, but for the majority of the time, uh, people are quite supportive, with, even with yeah. your deck building. You post up a idea of a deck you've made on uh, a website such as NetwinnerDB, and you'll get some really nice comments on suggestions for improvements or, yeah. you know, some, some positive kind of feedback. Yeah, yeah it, it is overall a very, very good experience. So moving on from that, then, we've covered the what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so briefly, we'll mention where. Now, you guys that listen to us quite often will know we're based in Peterborough. In the UK, not in the US. That's why we sound funny. Canada. Canada There's a yeah. Peterborough, Canada. Canada yeah. Yeah. In Ontario. Yeah. Ontario. Is it Ontario? Oh, I, I apologise for pronouncing your things correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's been to Canada. He my, has. My wife is Canadian. Is it, it's not Canada, is it? Not, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a character from Akira. I didn't know your wife um, was... I didn't, I didn't know your wife was Canadian. Yes, cool. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, so, yes, we are playing at a um, the local shop in Chatteris. Is where we're going to be attending these tournaments uh, called the Hobbit Hole. Uh, me and Jamie popped down for a tournament there last on... weekend. It was last weekend. We were last last weekend. By the time this comes out, this is true. I'm so awkward with time. I always <laughs> no. get tied up in knots. Yeah, time yeah. travel. Yeah. But we are. Yeah, we, we went down. We we played in the tournament there. Jamie won. Mm. Um, Which makes me feel like I'm in safe hands, and <laughs> I feel a kind of 
bit of pity for you, Aaron. Whoever would have I won would our games would have won it. Because it was three rounds. Yeah. And at the end of the second round, me and Jamie were tied first. Okay, cool. So now, it, we did say before going into the tournament, um, because we weren't sure how many people were going to be there or yeah. anything like that, it was like, you know, I kind of hope that we don't end up playing against each other because, yeah. you know, we'd been practicing with each other all yeah. week beforehand. And as luck would have it, we ended up in the final together. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then I got cocky lost and ended up like fourth <laughs> did, did you get badly beaten then or yeah well, well yeah actually no, you <laughs> got hammered because I was being far I had a really good plan yeah for, for turn one two and three I think yeah and then in turn four that plan went out the window and I went oh I'll do this and died horribly yeah I've got a note here it says Joe got overconfident not drawing for heartbeat and then ran into a June bug on three cards yes <laughs> which did four damage to me and I died yes what is this June bug card? I need one. <laughs> it's a Jinteki card. Whereas Heartbeat is the console mm. for Apex yeah. that allows you to trash install cards to stop damage. Okay. So cool. basically, against a Jinteki player that likes killing you, I draw and draw and draw and draw until I get that and then go, I don't really care about any of your stuff anymore. Yeah. And so instead, I, I was doing that for a few turns and yeah. forgot and got excited and ran at a card that was advanced. Yeah. Died horribly and then turned over the next card on my deck that was Heartbeat. Wow. <laughs> so was gutted so about being one an idiot. card off. Yeah. Literally yeah. one draw and I would have been yeah. would have a completely different game. And the second yeah. second game, Joe was, I suppose, a little bit unlucky in the fact that it was in our matchup because in the prior week, um, I'd included a card in my deck to, at the time, whilst we were playing, mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is the kind of cunning that I need to um, absorb. Yeah, yeah. It was basically, I was playing um, a variation on Prepaid Kate, um, which was a very popular deck um, around this time last year. Yeah. Um, it's gone out of favour a little bit since uh, there was some changes to the game. Yes. Uh, but I really wanted to see if I could still make it work. And uh, so I took, took this deck that's basically kind of, it's like a toolbox. It has all the tools in it. Um, and alongside the normal tools, um, I threw in a combination of two cards, one called Gingerbread, which allows you to kind of get into the corporation's servers. Uh, it's an icebreaker, and yep. ice being the kind of protection, the firewalls that the corporation uses. And this icebreaker called Gingerbread um, allows you to break tracer subroutines. Now, for the most part, people don't run tracers, tracers that much. Yeah. There's the, the a kind of thing that you occasionally see in things at like NBN where they want to trace the runner and yeah. see if they can do something nasty to them. Um, and the nice thing is, there's a second card that came out not too long ago called Panchatantra. Um, yeah, a lot of the <laughs> shaped names are quite hard to pronounce. Um, uh, which allows you to make any piece of ice you encounter, at least the first piece of ice you encounter, on a run. Um, you can uh, turn it into a non-standard piece of ice. Or at least apply yeah. that subtype to it. Just, just to quickly break that down for anyone that's not... Yeah, because I think we're talking... Yes. You, you have now for ice, new players. which is your firewalls. They are what protects your servers. Yes. Ice is one of, normally, mm-hmm. one of three types. Yeah. You have a barrier, gets in the way, yeah. a code gate, which I'm guessing some kind of puzzle, yeah. and a sentry, which goes, oi, get out. Yeah. Yes. Or he's over there, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or he shoots you. Yeah, yeah. Cyberly. Is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> Cyberly. Cybernetically. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, they are your three main types. <laughs> now, the, the magic card Jamie's talking about basically can give it any subtype that's not one of those three big ones. Yeah. Um, so he, in this instance, uses it to apply the tracer subtype to other ice 
and yep. break through it with gingerbread. The problem I come up against is playing NBN, the news network. I've and gone, oh, there's quite a lot of nice tracer cards in there. Yes. <laughs> and there's a, there's an agenda you can get that improves the strength of all your tracer cards. <laughs> so I'll build my entire deck around just using tracer ice. So Excellent. Like one, he has one, one ice quaker. Uh, let me just get through all of his ice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, it meant that your um, your protection of your servers, which is where you install your agendas, which yep. are the things that score your points to win the game, or your assets, which are the things that you would your corporation is buying, or the employees they've got, or various they right yeah. Money, but essentially left completely defenceless because he had one very cutely named uh, program that could just <laughs> run through everything. In my mind, I've now got the gingerbread man from Shrek <laughs> just running around going, ah! and stealing all your stuff. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it worked really nicely, it, but um, and anyone that didn't have that card has struggled to get mm. in because... I've built it in a way that makes it really difficult. Yeah. Unless you have that card which just smashes things cool. wide open. Yeah. Get uh, seven of these. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was um, that was interesting. Mm, did you have a good tournament? What's it? What is yeah. it that appeals to you guys about the tournament scene as opposed to sitting around your mate's I'm table not or playing as a few games? The tournaments as Joe is. Um, I do like competitive games, but I also, you know, I'm happy just to not go and play competitive games. I used to play some magic tournaments back in the late nineties, early two thousands, um, but then fell out of that scene completely. Mm. Um, but I think with Netrunner, it's it's a game that's really kind of gotten under my skin and it makes me really think. And it's nice to be able to play against uh, your local, what gets referred to as meta, uh, mm-hmm. your local meta, um, and get used to that. But it's really also really nice to go out and play against people you haven't really played against before. And that's one of the little challenges I wanted to face with going to a, to a tournament again, um, was not really know who I was going up against. Mm. Um, and also, to be fair, I went to the tournament with a... I wasn't expecting to win. I knew that I knew a lot about the game and I knew my deck quite well, which are, you know, kind of good things for a tournament. Yeah. But at the same time, I went because I wanted to have some fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah. Um, so I'm not as experienced in tournaments as Joe is. Yeah, I've, I've played quite a few. I've played um, a couple of games at a, a national level. Yeah. Um, three different card games, in fact. Cool. Which are. No. Two card games and uh, similar. I played Hero Clicks. Yep. I have played uh, Dice Masters, obviously. Mm. I played Card Fight Vanguard at a national level. Really? A few years ago, yeah. Oh, okay. But it's it's different, isn't it? It's, yeah. This, it, it, and to like, me, it's it's kind of what's this game actually about? Is it? Like, well, like Jamie yeah. said, um, when we were playing a load practicing for this tournament, it was very hard to sit there going, "Don't just put things in that beat him." Yes, <laughs> you yeah. will fight other people, mm. and and this is it. And this is the thing that brings me back and back and back to to the competitive scenes. It's nice in Peterborough. Um, yeah, I'll use Dice Masters as an example. If I want to win in Dice Masters in Peterborough, I take this card, this card, this card because it beats the big things people here bring. Yeah. If I'm going to go play somewhere else, probably don't take two two of those cards because it's a thing people like to do here. Mm. Mm. Um, and this is it, and being able to go, okay, so cool, so I have to do some research into what other people are playing and where, what mm. happened in previous tournaments, what's happening in America, where there's generally bigger scenes for everything, yeah. what are they playing? Um, 
and I like that. I, I like the, me- the the big the overall meta game yeah. of stuff. Um, and so that and the fact that for Netrunner itself, it's a puzzle. Building mm. your deck is a puzzle. Yeah. Now that's what I was going to say. One of the things that appeals to me about the game is that crafting. Um, your deck of cards for either faction you mm. ha- will, will select from the 700 roughly 50 45 to 50, 45 to 50 for yeah. each side depending on who you are and what you're doing and yeah. it, it can change but you've got about 50 there and you can have up to three of the same card mm-hmm. in certain circumstances certain things you can only have one certain cards you can have six but yes. generally you can only have three maximum yeah. of three of each card and what you're trying to do and it's a different puzzle for each side is as the runner you are trying to access those agendas those operations that the corporation is undertaking and steal them you steal the plans or whatever you you hoik them out the server you expose them to the world whatever it is you're doing with them once you've found them you know you're saying this company's gonna be doing this illegal war over there look and it's worth points for you whatever it is but you're also you're trying to protect yourself you're trying to generate money you're also trying to build a suite of programs to get into their servers. So you've got different things you're trying to do at the same time. As the corporation, you're trying to get those things down and score them. You might try to flatline the runner, so either by completely destroying their ability to be online or to actually turn up at their house and shoot them in the face, uh, push a child into a traffic accident. <laughs> um, but you also need to... Again, you need to make sure that you're generating money to be able to do that. You're doing other things. So you've got like this puzzle of how do you spend your cards? Which cards do you use? Where's your focus? Are you going to focus more in one area or more in another? Are you going to try and draw more cards to find the ones that you need? Or are you going to use certain cards that let you pull those out? What are you going to do? And there's all this, this layer of it. Now, if I was playing Joe, and I've played Joe five times, I can go, Joe's deck is the puzzle I'm trying to beat. Mm-hmm. And make my deck beat Joe. Hmm. If I'm playing random people that I've never met. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But if I'm playing people I haven't met that could do anything, you need Mm -hmm. to build a deck that's capable of winning as many games, as many matchups against as many different play styles as possible. So actually for this, it then expands the puzzle, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, that was a long, wobbly story. (laughs) No, it was good because... It has shown a massive change in opinion in you being the anti-tournament game. Yes, yeah. Um, in the last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A week ago, if I went, ooh, making decks, which I think I did to you at one point. And, and I looked at you and went, shut up. No, don't like it. It's intimidating no. and weird. And no, all. I went online and looked at them because I was just going to copy decks off of yeah. other people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just find my brain went. Okay, I want to play tournaments. I want to do Jamie Proud, even though he won't talk to me. Let me speak. Um, <laughs> I'll find two decks that do really, really well. I just buy the cards, make those, and go. Yeah. Cool, I'm really good. But actually, that's not really how it works. No, but you, <laughs> like, we've been chatting. Um, sorry, Aaron, but we've been chatting about about deck ideas and stuff yeah. as well. And typical NBN player. <laughs> <laughs> I just I need to know what he's doing. So you can beat him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Winded, just getting the, tra- the tags in place. <laughs> but it's it's really nice to see that you've gone. Oh, because I remember saying to you, well, it's you, building your deck is a puzzle. So you yeah. need, you need to be able to break code gates, barriers, and sentries. Yeah. So you need something that can do all three. Yeah. Oh, do you want to get shot? No, you might want something that will keep you out of being shot. 
yeah. or avoid them finding out where you are so you can't get shot. Yeah. It explained it like that, and you you seem to go, oh, it's not quite as intimidating. Now I know what pieces of the puzzle I'm trying to find. Yes. Mm -hmm. My initial reaction to it was, oh, my God, what do I do? I'm just going mm. to use a pre-built deck forever because what's going yeah. on? Yeah. What did you think about that, Aaron? Yeah, it was the exactly the same, to be honest. It was, yeah. I'm more used to deck building stuff because of playing Magic the Gathering and things yeah. in the past, but... Again, the amount of cards, the amount of time it's been around, it was a little bit intimidating, to say the least, and frightened the life out of me. But it's not actually been all that bad because there's the, that core, those core mechanics are fairly. There's a lot of depth to them, but there's a nice simplicity to getting, you know, yeah. understanding how it all works and uh, how the puzzles function. Yes. Um, yeah, and I've been a bit more encouraged to sit there and build things and there's a lot of nice resources out there to assist with that yeah without taking away your agency to actually build yeah, yeah. now this this might actually be a good time to discuss some of the resources um yeah yeah well i think one of the things i did mm. want to say as well is if anyone else is listening to this as a you would like to get into netrunner thing and yep. again you are intimidated with the decks yep. and what to build either start with the core yeah. Um, build a deck. Which is what me and Aaron have done. Yes. We, we, the first couple games we played were the core decks, mm -hmm. and we just played against. I played with Jamie, I Aaron played out. with yeah. Joe, and then we kind of played each other a little bit. But if you go, oh, this deck needs this, this deck needs that, you'll notice all the core factions, for the runner especially, are good at breaking two types of ice mm. and don't have anything for the third one. Yeah. So you want to put something in that helps with that third one. Yeah. But the other thing that once you're familiar with the game, find a deck you like, like Brian did, and go, oh, I want to play this one because it looks cool and the internet says it's good. Yeah. And then change bits. Mm. That's yeah. kind of still what I do in yeah. any of the games. I will find, you know, I don't, I don't have the time. I do, actually, I do have the time at the moment, but I don't have the patience yeah. to sit and go through every single card and figure out every single thing. But if I can find a rough theme I like, mm. yeah. play it a few times and, and then try and plug the holes that you're finding in it. There's not enough yeah. money, which is one of the things my current deck is struggling with. It needs more income, so I yeah. need to change something. I sat there today going, where's all my economy gone? Wasn't it on the right side of the table behind a glass? <laughs> it was, yeah. That, that, that was... Already that, on the I was really hoping you wouldn't mention that, because <laughs> I was churning through my deck looking for a card that I'd hidden behind a pint glass. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... This is a game, unlike a lot of them, where playing it lots to find out how it works goes really a long way Yeah. to understanding the game, to helping you craft better decks, etc., etc. I mean, I would say as well that you were saying about how you know, you know, you still will go and grab a you know playable deck from yeah. you know maybe Netrunner DB, tweak it to your own liking, and to be honest, that's what I've done for the majority of my. Netrunner career as it were yeah. I've been playing Netrunner now for about two and a half years um, on and off but then there's not been that many people locally playing it so no. I've not had a massive amount of experience even myself but I've only yeah. recently just started to get into deck building from scratch um, and it's very satisfying but also quite intimidating yes. even now yeah yeah um, no, I completely but agree. I, have to, I have to say um, we talk, well, we're talking about resources um, most uh, mobile devices uh, Android or iOS have apps that help you with deck building 
Yeah. Um, I'm using NetDeck for the for iOS, which there are not many apps on uh, on the Apple Store for it. Well, because obviously it belongs on Android. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I'd say NetDeck is is very useful. Uh, I found it very helpful, and the way you can sort of um, also then compare up with NetrunnerDB, which in itself has an excellent search engine. Mm-hmm. Um, will help you find the cards you're looking for. I mean, um, I sat there last night and came up with a uh, Edward Kim Trash All the Things deck, um, and that was basically just using NetmoDB search function to find everything that had the word trash in it, yep. filter through to find the things that I thought sounded nice, and then threw them together using NetDeck. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've um, I only I played my first game of this a week ago. Yeah. Uh, for the very first time, um, we got together. Is it Friday? Yeah, I think it's so. It's Tuesday now, so we're like four days ago. <laughs> uh, played quite a few games on Friday, mm. and I was left, as Joe said, going, the core set's good, but I want to be able to do this and to do that and to do the other. So I've looked up various things, and I've actually built my first corporation deck uh, myself, and I have published that online, not for attention, I just wanted to be able to show Jamie and Joe what I'd done because I was all proud of myself because I did a <laughs> thing on my own. Um, and I clicked the publish button. I used um, Netrunner DB uh, to do this. So I sort of signed up and, and just put a thing. And someone commented and went, Oh, this looks really good. Have you considered this and this and this and this? And I had a great conversation. And they've helped me actually tweak the deck so that when I played Aaron today, it was better than it would have been. Yeah. Um, and I've changed a, a few re- things around. So uh, thank you, rubbishy username, <laughs> which I think is a great username, yeah. thus contradicting its own inherentness. <laughs> Oh God! Well done. I've, got, I've got all cross-eyed thinking about that. Um, but yeah, thank thank you very much. Um, and we were talking about sort of the um, the community. That was really nice because I didn't do it for a tent. It just sort of put there so other people yeah. could see it. And now I've got a better deck. Yay! Um, for the Android side of things, app-wise, um, I use Deck Builder for Netrunner. Very well named. <laughs> um, it's kind of like the it, yeah, it does Ronsil. Ronsil. Yeah. 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 But it's got a lot of nice features. You can limit what data packs are available, how many core sets you're using, etc., etc. So if you've not got everything, you, you can, can just have what you've got available. Yeah. Excellent. Um, you can export your decks in normal text. Because I sent Aaron a couple. You did. Yeah. You can export them in Netrunner DB style to be uploaded yeah. to that website, and you can also export them in a style for Ginteki.net. Yes. We'll go on to in a minute. Yeah. The other app I use, um, if I'm looking up individual cards, like Jamie said, I want all the stuff that has trash in it. Um, it's called Brain Trust. Really mm. nice little app um, that's good for looking for things like that. Yeah. Like I was showing Aaron earlier, um, typing in Bioroid, because he's playing yeah. HB, and it was finding cards that had Bioroid in the flavour text. Okay. So it searches every part of the card yeah. for the words. Yeah. Which is really nice. Um, mm. So that's, again, quite a good thing to use in addition to other stuff. Yeah. Um, Jamie, any other online resources that are particularly worth mentioning? Um, Aku.net, I think it is, ACOO.net. Um, it's another good um, site for looking up cards and okay. browsing decks, um, especially if you want to look at cards by release um, pack, sort of data packs. Yeah. Um, and they have um, the spoilers there quite early for future data packs. Awesome. 
Yes, yeah, so I've stumbled on that accidentally. Yeah. Yeah. One place I did go, because um, I use Reddit quite a bit, mm-hmm. is I went on to the Netrunner subreddit mm-hmm. and went, I'm thinking of playing like this. What kind of things do I need to buy? Is this a viable strategy? And had loads of people respond and give me some feedback and yep. talk me through and point me towards. That's how I found out about Netrunner Database cool. yeah. or Netrunner DB because someone there went, oh, look at this. And they linked they linked every card to it and suddenly I had amazing I could just click and look at every yeah. card and it was really really nice so thank you to the people on uh, the Netrunner subreddit as well because I feel like they've helped accelerate me I feel like yeah. I'm kind of running before I could walk almost yeah. um, I even say it's an accelerated data test yes <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I've far outstripped Aaron who's still just using what he's given like a child <laughs> with, with a plastic spoon yeah you did <laughs> because I can't see through glass <laughs> um, I could also definitely I think recommend netrunners.co.uk yes um, Ooh. yeah it's an excellent resource um, it has a good community on there you can f- look at the forums but additionally it has a lot of articles written by um, tournament winners and experts um, yeah there was there was a few I linked to Brian and Aaron initially mm. when they when we were looking at doing this um, especially the one about the, the stages of the game of Netrunner yeah um for example, there are generally thought to be three stages. The early one where the runner is aggressive, because the corp hasn't got much defences. Yeah. The mid-game, where the corp's like, ha fuck you, you can't get in here. Yeah. And then the late game, where the runner's got enough tools to be able to just get through whatever. It's just a case of figuring out how much it's going to cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, there's lots, again, lots and lots of really good articles on there. Yeah, excellent. So you don't have to sort of struggle through this on your own. Obviously, you have us. The critical yeah. threats to help and keep me company and to talk to you and whisper soothing nothings into your ear while you sleep. If you don't, that's mostly fancy. Colin's job. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't quite fancy that. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I'd be interested in doing, um, I don't know about the rest of them, is there is a site called Jintechi.net. Yes. Very very good. Um, I'm assuming they have some kind of deal that lets them do it. No. Is it is it dodgy as anything or? Um, I haven't heard recently, um, but was it Jinteki? One of the one of the ones was shut down for a while and then came back. But oh, right. no. um, but yeah, it allows you to play online, um, yeah. so you don't need to buy anything. You can test your decks. You can figure out how things go. It's not perfect. I went and watched a YouTube video of how to play on it, mm-hmm. and it's about fifty minutes long. Mm. It goes through a lot of basic stuff, yeah. but it also then goes. By the way, it might not do this for you. It does some really cool things, but it also misses some things because programming every card perfectly doesn't always work. Well, try harder. Yeah. And going, I didn't mean to do that. It it can be difficult to reverse actions. Yeah. But as a general thing, it does mean you can play online. Me and Aaron will be trying to use this to play some games to... Simply because of distance. Yeah, it just becomes a little bit Aaron's easier. very distant emotionally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fuck. Now, <laughs> actually, I like the idea of being able to play the game online, but for me, that, that makes one of the biggest parts of the game disappear. Yeah. And one of the things that appeals to me about this game, um, because I'm quite particular, I either take to something and really like it or don't, yeah. is there is an element of bluffing. Mm-hmm. Aaron got me a good one. He built a really, really solid server with lots and lots of nasty things in the way, what yeah. they call a glacier, because it's got lots of ice. 
<laughs> Puns. Um, and then, like the Titanic, yeah. rammed into it. You yeah. scored an agenda <laughs> in it. Yep. And then you put something else in it. Yep. And I was like, right, Aaron's built this thing up to, to score. So I actually gave my uh, my runner brain damage. Yep. So permanently damaged my runner in order to access that again uh, using a car called Stim Hack, where essentially you're Doing you take lo- speed. Yeah, you take loads <laughs> and loads of future synthetic drugs and use the bonuses there to get in and it gives you lots of different uh, resources to get in but it hurts you yeah. afterwards mm. and you'd put a bloody trap in it yeah. <laughs> so i i managed to hurt myself i essentially punched myself in the face to get in there and then you punched me on the other side of the face <laughs> yeah. i staggered out covered in virtual blood um going that was a stupid idea wasn't it <laughs> Very, very much upset. So that was very good. But you lose a little bit of that. I mean, you've still got it on the cards, but you lose a little bit of that. But that is one thing that actually made me go, I'm happy to commit to this game and and get into it. Yeah, Because it's more than just sort of like Magic the Gathering, you just play cards at each other. Yeah, Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, Personally, um, I'm probably not going to get much into Jintaki.net. I know it's really good for learning and for being able to play against a lot of different people and a lot of different strategies. Um, but I personally, I've always found, A, I love the bluffing side of the game, mm-hmm. like Brian. Um, uh, I, as a corp, I almost always play Jinteki, just because I love the bluffing side of the game. Um, but also, I do find that playing analogue games in a digital format, even if they're done really well, somehow slightly turns me off the analogue game <laughs> in the long run. I don't know why it is. I mean, I remember I used to play, I used to like playing a lot of Agricola. And then I started playing the iPad version. And then I no longer wanted to play the board game version. And I don't know why, because I love board games probably more than I do video games. So I noticed the same thing with the Magic the Gathering games, to yeah. be honest. I think because it took a little bit of the, this card is going to affect these cards. Cool, okay. I don't have to sit there and go, right, is it going to do this with this one, and that with that one, and that with that one. I just click a button that highlights on the yeah. screen for me. So it took a little bit of that. It, it takes some of the tedium out of it, yes. but also it takes away some of the interaction, yeah. and so you go, either way I'm missing something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the, the reason I've said it would be good for us to play is obviously distance, yeah. getting together to play can be difficult. Yeah, because Aaron but, lives in a windmill in the country. It does, yeah. but the windmill has some internet. Yes. So Generated what? by the turning of the fans. Yes. No, it's the tiny mouse that lives with downstairs. <laughs> but... Um, what we can do is, I would suggest you rather than just logging onto that and playing, is to sit on Skype and talk while we're doing it. Yes. I've just had a really good idea for a new runner that lives in a windmill. <laughs> <laughs> With a really poor internet connection. <laughs> Can't be traced. <laughs> yeah, they could jack they can jack out at any time. <laughs> yeah. But but um, also can't use anything big. <laughs> just pull the ADS out. Yeah. <laughs> phone cable out the wall so <laughs> the picture so, yeah, of you I'm, I'm hoping it means we can retain some of the bluffing element because we'll be chatting yes yeah um, and it's just a way of getting that extra bit of stuff in. I, mm, yeah. I thought to myself a couple of times like, over the last over the like, weekend stuff go oh I could go on there and play and the same as Jamie has gone oh, it's missing the bit I like that interaction and Sometimes in some communities, it's nice to not have that interaction. <laughs> in in magic, true. to yep. be honest, yep. 
might as well just sit there and flop cards onto a computer screen rather than onto a table against someone. Yeah. Mm. Because you're not doing anything else. And actually, I mean, there are a lot of card games, in air quotes, that are online now. Yeah. Like Hearthstone and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, even if you look at the systems that are not even targeted initially at those types of things, you've got um, on Steam, uh, Tabletop Simulator, yeah. which uh, has... OCTGN... Uh, and Octagon, yeah, yeah. Um, which Octagon's um, been around for a good long time and has supported Netrunner. Mm. Um, um, I think, was it actually created to support Netrunner? I, I believe think. it might it have was. been, yeah. Um, but um, Tabletop Simulator will support a myriad of tabletop <laughs> games, you know, just normal board games. Yeah. But there is actually some discreted Netrunner module for it, along with many other types of card games. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's, if you want to take it into the digital realm, there's a lot of options. Yeah. And actually, that might be a good way. We might even be able to, in the future, give you a game. Yeah. So if you're interested, well, this, this get, get in contact in the comments, etc., etc., um, and you can help us train up. Because as the end goal is to compete in a tournament, the more games that I can get, mm. the better, yeah. I feel. There, I also think there is something to being able to read the board state rather than your opponent. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, if you yeah. can look at how the cards are without going, he smiled when he picked that up. Yep. Yeah. Just to be able to go, they've done this, they've done this, chances are they're doing this, yeah. and this is a good idea. That will teach you to be a better player. It will. Um, yeah. And from a tournament point of view, where you're having to play fast because you're yep. against a time limit, that's Ignoring a really good what they're doing and just have. looking at what's happening. Yes. How many cards have you got? What's on the table? Cool, I'm going to play yeah. against that, not against the person. And while we're on that topic, just have to mention that's one of the scariest phrases in the game. <laughs> How many cards do you have? Yeah, I learned that today. I did that to you earlier, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. Of, um, yeah. in, in Netrunner, your, your hand as the runner, so if you've got five cards, you essentially have... Five hit points. Yeah. Well, Five. six, because you've got to go to minus one to yeah. die. If you, yeah, when you take damage, you lose a card at random from your hand. If you can't lose a card, you get shot in the head. Or, or zapped. Or, or blown up. Or turned into a vegetable. Melts. Or whatever. <laughs> Pushed in front of a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <Daddy>. yeah. <laughs> if, if at any point someone says to you in a game, how many cards have you got in your hand? It's normally, you always go to the assumption of they're going to try and kill them. <laughs> so you try and... Throw um, the cards at their face. Yeah. Well, one of the things I said to Jamie is playing NBN, I've got a card that says gain one credit for every card in the runner's hand. Yeah. So it's... It's, it's just a mind game at that point. Yeah. But when you're playing Jinteki PE and every option you have is to stab the runner somehow in the face, yeah, yeah. asking them yeah. how many cards they have in their hands really sets them and on edge to be honest one thing I said to Jamie is actually in a tournament I might just start asking them at the beginning of every turn yes. <laughs> because if they're constantly going shit 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 and then shit. I'm going to draw lots of cards so yeah. I've got more they help. waste their clicks yeah. drawing cards and possibly mm. discarding things they might want later yeah every click they use to discard because they're scared of being shot even if I haven't got anything that shoots them in the deck gives me a bit of an advantage yeah yeah was that a stone time we haven't described clicks yet no, no. Um, let's let's briefly do that. Click is essentially an action. An action, yeah. Yes. Turn of, of yeah. Some and this is one of the things where, because the game is asymmetrical, you're playing slightly differently. Mm -hmm. The runner, being a, a lone wolf that's nimble and can react, gets four, whereas the corporation, a big, heavy behemoth with multiple divisions, only gets three. But, but they have to draw a card to start with, which the runner has to pay a click for. Yes. So the, it kind of simulates 
the um, a company's constant need to be doing something, chasing a profit, always moving forwards. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the runner is kind of that, that reactive reactive yes. thing. So it's quite it's it's quite good. And from a from a mechanics point of view, also it does add a clock to the game because. The corporation is mandatory drawing a card every turn. And at least if one. either player draws a card or can't draw a card when they are required to, they lose. Yes. Because it run out of resources. Yes. Now, from a runner point of view, that's not so scary because you have the choice most of the time yeah. if you are going to draw a card. Yeah. Yeah. Not uh, always, but most of the time. But yeah. as the corporation, there's very little, very few ways to avoid that yeah. um, at least once per turn. Yeah. So that's quite that's quite good. Now, what I thought we'd do as a final thing mm. is we are we have separated into two different teams. Okay. Now, I've got a good idea of how I want to try and play. This might change over the course mm -hmm. of this. Um, you've got sort of an idea of how you want to play. Yes, my I've gone more for theme than play style, but I'm starting to adapt to a play style. Now. Yeah. So what I thought we'd do is me and Aaron will give you our pitches of how we want to play. Yeah, what we're going to do, and then you can, from the safety and comfort of your your own home, decide whether you want to be Team Aaron or Team Brian. If you can come up with a better team name, Team Beardy, <laughs> Team Furry. Um, um, in fact, what I thought we could do actually is based on what we do. Um, if you guys out there can come up, or girls, can come up with good team names for us, then we will use those team names in yeah. future episodes. Oh, yes. If it's one we use, we'll send you a biscuit. We will send you a biscuit. <laughs> yeah, might be soggy by the time it gets there. But <laughs> No, no, these are specially Ooh. wrapped individual fancy biscuits ah, that excellent. don't get soggy. Yes, and we have delivered on all of our existing biscuit promises. If you listen back to previous episodes, we have offered biscuits and we have delivered. <laughs> there is evidence on Twitter of this happening. Yes. When when the critical twits promise sweet snackages, <laughs> you get sweet snackages from us. Sometimes two. Sometimes yeah. we actually and over delivered on our promises. <laughs> yes. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Um Go on, I'll go first. Then, cool. Because I'm saying it's been a little while. Um, yeah, so, as I said, I've lent more towards theme than I have towards a play style currently. Um, I have found an inkling towards one of the cores, corpse more than I have the, the actual runners in the core deck. Um, Haspiroid. Because I quite like Blade Runner and I like the idea of cyborgs and exploring that aspect and using that against people. Mm. And they tend to play as... Glacier decks, as Brian mentioned earlier, so lots of ice piling on smaller sections of the board because you kind of spread out as a corp as far wide as you would like. Yeah, you can have as many servers doing as many different things as you want, but yeah. then the more you've got, the more thin your ice is spread. Yeah. Um, and they like using AI or bio, the bioroids essentially to protect the servers and act as the ice for them and stuff. But I like that development of creatures and things now as far as the runners are concerned i've been playing kate with the shapers um i've just just, just lost a drink for, for that <laughs> <laughs> not for that for, for sitting there and crunching it while talking um yeah i've chosen uh the shapers and kate who comes in the core uh, corset because i like playing with tech um, so she's got the shiny toys in the, in the core set so I've led towards that a little bit um, but I have after speak with Joe a little bit about it 
actually want one of the mini factions that we had a brief mention of earlier. Um, a I'm going to call him Guy because technically he is and he isn't. A guy called Adam who is an ex bioroid He's a rogue bioroid. He's a rogue bioroid. Cyborg. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Had my machine bits taken out. It's all skin now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just a potato with a face glued on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I look towards the, the, the rogue bioroid, who's either, depending on how I fancy playing at the time, fighting against half bioroids. So I'm playing either side of the same. Conflict. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, or maybe secretly working for them, pretending to be <laughs> released by. Yes. Oh, so you can kind of in your head link your games together. Yeah. Okay, that's quite um, cool. But he comes like pre-installed with things when you start the game that have advantages, but quite strong disadvantages as well that you have to mm. tailor around. So it's a risk and reward section we're playing in, which I oh. quite like the idea of trying out. Yeah, Adam sounds really, really interesting. Mm. Um, so I have decided um, after last week's revelation when we were uh, playing Mal- when we've been playing Malifaux, where I realised that although I want to play, I always get initially hooked into something that sounds tricky. If I do this and this and this, I win the game because of this. Oh, and they will never know. Those are the things that appeal to me. I'm rubbish at that. It's taken me 31 years to realise <laughs> that my aspirations don't fit my actual demeanour, my personality. What I decided then, having had that revelation of buying all the Trixie models in Malifaux and then not being able to use them properly, I've gone for something very, very straightforward. Um, cyberpunk often features corporations that are huge behemoths that if you get in their way, they will crush you. Yeah. I will play that. <laughs> I will play Wayland. Um, and I'm hoping to take that all the way through to the tournament. Even if I change, because there's there's different divisions of the Wayland Corporation you can play, different identities yeah. that you can play within that. But I will stick with the Wayland faction at least until the end of the tournament. So I'm, I'm happy to say I'm, I'm, I'm with them. Yeah. Um, my first... Because having played sort of the core set and, and sort of got, got into it that way, I want to be the nastiest future corporation you could possibly think. The one that sends the man round to your house, knocks on the door and shoots you in the face. Yeah. The one that plants a bomb underneath your bed. The one that kid, kidnaps your family. And kicks be, your dog. And kicks your dog, yes. Or your child um, in front of a car. Yes. Um, <laughs> while doing the most horrible things to the environment, to the world, <laughs> in order to advance itself. So, so currently I'm playing um, the first deck I've built, um, which I have published on Netrunner DB under the handle Critical Brian, so you can find it on there. Pop a, one of us will pop a link below, so you can check that out. Um, and as I said, uh, thank you very much because people have already started giving me feedback on that. Um, it's the Argus Security Division of Wayland, so they're the they're the guns and goons squad of the nasty guys, yeah. um, which has lots of ways of finding out where the runner lives and doing horrible things to them. So. You know, in a game of horrible future corporations, why not go big and be the biggest, most horriblest future corporation you can possibly be? Um, to the point where I've got assassins in my deck, contract killers. Yeah. Um, I've got all sorts of things in there that, that appeal to me. And it's quite straightforward. It's either going to do all of its horrible things because you're scared of it. Or it's going to, if you make a mistake, someone will knock on your door and blow you up. Yeah. Hey! Now, to go with that... Initially, I was, um, <clears throat> well, I decided I liked the look of the Anarchs, 
as a runner faction yeah. uh, because again they just they just want to blow things up they want to cause trouble um, and I initially was quite called to by Max Max is um, a essentially a, a punk character she runs through her deck very very quickly pulling out the cards that she needs um fishing into what they call the heap which is where you put the cards that you've used or that you've kind of been forced to discard or whatever um in order to sort of basically throw lots and lots of things at the at the corporation and either um force them to discard lots of cards um, or sort of risk herself smashing into the, the things, using things like that stim hack card that I talked about earlier, the yeah. sort of drugs and things like that. However, playing the core, the, the core box, I really quite like the identity of noise for the Anarchs. Yeah. Now, noise is quite good. Is he considered, because you guys know more of it, is he considered very, very good to this day, even though yeah, he's in the um, core box? The metas change all the time. It does fluctuate, um, but... But he is pretty, from what I've seen, um, and I think unless you are probably talking nationals level, he is solid. Yeah. He is always a good choice. He went through a period of suffering a little bit, because I think a couple of cards came out that interfered with the way he wanted to play. Yeah. yeah. Um, but once people found ways round and ways to balance that out, actually, he, yeah, he's still probably one of the top three anarchs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's worth mentioning that um, his kind of theme is really around viruses yeah. and milling the corporation. Yeah, every yeah. time he installs a virus card, so he gets it, he makes a virus or he buys a virus or whatever he does and installs <laughs> it to use against Pops the corporation. <laughs> yeah, um, as in computer virus, not yes. going around injecting syphilis into people's eyes. Um, Unless you're still hacking. <laughs> possibly. Um, but using those, um, the, the corporation has to take a card out of its R&D section, so its stack of cards, and basically throw it in the trash. Now, as we said earlier, there's a timer on the game. When those cards run out, uh, when the corp then next has to draw, they have lost. So he puts pressure on people. And actually, both of the decks I've chosen, or both the sides I've chosen, work very, very quickly. Mm. Which, for me as a beginner, I know what I want to do. I have a goal with what I'm doing, and I'm going to try and pursue it very, very quickly. To me, and it won't work for everyone, but to me, that's a good way of getting into the game quickly. I have a plan. I'm going to try and do it. And then if it doesn't work, I've learned a bit about the game. I've learned a bit about different play styles rather than trying to play something that maybe sits quite still for a long time and, and sets up a plan. Because I don't know enough about the game to make an effective plan yet. Yeah, you, what you've done is you, you've taken the um, the coin of magic turn. You've taken the, the red decks win type thing. Yeah, It's, it's fast. Um, and it has a plan and doesn't really care too much what the corp's doing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the corp can do stuff to mess with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this game, more than any other, there are magic decks and there are dice master teams that go. You I don't. Do I literally care. Yeah. You could have any cards on your side of the thing. I'm doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll hope to do it faster. Just again, than one you of can. the things I like about this is that there is constant back and forth. Always. Yeah. Even the corp. Like I've got, um, like my corp deck. If the other, if I played you, Aaron, and yeah. you were sitting there, sort of setting up your plan, mm -hmm. and then you had a cheeky little run, you you hacked into one of my uh, my core servers and had a look in my R and D department, and I went, ha ha, I've traced you. 
and yeah. played a card to find out where you are, which then opens you up to me turning up at your house with a shotgun. Yeah. So I, I can still affect you. Yes. Even though the corp is quite defensive, there's still ways that we're interacting. If you don't run at me, I can still come and get you. Yeah. Which I like. So yeah, so that's what I'm doing. So a very different kind of yeah I'm, way I of feel looking like I'm at it. More of a slower play style and um, yeah, you. I mean, HB uh, has Bioroid and pushes itself to towards the fast advancing type play style. So getting the Bioroids to make the things go quicker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Whereas Wayland, Wayland can kind of do whatever it wants, really. It's yeah. got quite a ver- there is a lot of variety within Wayland. Yes, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so if my play style changes, I can still stay within that, that mm. faction. But I, yeah. lo- I want to be the clumping behemoth, because that's never going to happen in real life for me. <laughs> yeah. um, Nicely enough as well, um, the things what me and Jamie want to play <laughs> are also different. Yes, um, yeah. So we can play amongst ourselves yes. and have a good variety. And have pretty much everything represented. Joe's, Joe's going for MBN, I believe. I, yes, I've always liked MBN. Um, initially, it was seeing them from the core set from a very beginner playing with other beginners point of view as one of the weaker factions, which actually isn't true. Yeah, um, but, <laughs> yeah but not having my, our head around all of that, yeah. um, me and our friend Matt were sitting there playing quite a lot. And would literally sit there going, but they have less stuff that stops them getting in, and they don't have this, and they don't have that. They've got weak eyes. Yeah, they play differently, so they seemed mm-hmm. weak. Yeah. Um, but I liked the idea of the news network, so I've, I've kind of attached myself to them. Mm. Um, and I'm 50-50 between playing one of the other mini-factions, um, Apex, the horrible AI that wants to eat all their data. Essentially, it's like a really bad phone plan. Um, <laughs> verse, uh, I'm very tempted with that, but that's more of a side thing because I think it's quite fun. Adam looks interesting as well, so it'd be quite nice to work with Aaron to make that work. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my main focus is probably going to be on criminals because, again, I've always liked the way they play. Yeah. Unlike Brian, I go ooh and get quite excited by massively powerful things, but play quite well with the tricky elements. Yeah. Yeah. I can look at something and see its power, but I prefer to play something that's sneaking around the sides and reacting a lot yeah. more. So criminals seem to be quite a good fit. And then finally, Jamie. Yeah, so um, at well, for the uh, tournament we went to recently, uh, I took a Jinteki deck um, and uh, along with that a Kate deck. Now, um, having you know gone to the tournament and done what I, what I wanted to do, um, I'm feeling like going into the next tournament, I'm probably going to bring some jank. So, um, yeah, I'm going to look at some janky decks, basically looking at things that are more fun to play than competitive. Um, and uh, with that in mind, um, I'm still undecided on Corp because I do love Jinteki and I love the bluffing game and I might play around with some interesting things there. But from a runner's side of things, um, I'm staying with Shaper, but I'm going to start playing a bit more with Kit. Um, that's a um, real kit peddler um, and she's got a really interesting ability that lets her basically turn uh, any ice she encounters at least first shot ice she encounters to a certain type of ice um, code gate and then you can do some interesting things with that um, she also has um, a l- one of the lowest amounts of influence in the game uh, being able to import cards from other factions uh, only 10 um, Ooh, influence it is uh, she also has though um, just a uh, 
a nice synergy with some other cards that I've been wanting to play with. So I'm going to try and make a certain type of kit deck work. Hmm. Um, I'm not going to say too much at this point, but um, <laughs> I, I'm really hoping to make it work. And if it does, then I'll be reporting on that. Cool. Hmm, cool. So shall I sum up? Just for those that have not got much RAM left and have filled up their memories. <laughs> um, um, I mean, just before we do, what, where you've said about your decks, I think next time yes. um, we're going to discuss the different decks we're playing Yes, um, yeah. with more of an idea of what we're building towards. Obviously, yeah. we'll have a few secrets in there. I'm aiming to do this kind of thing yeah. with this identity, but... I'm not telling the others because Jamie have... will put gingerbread back in his <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, we will get to this next time um, and having a yeah. little bit more, probably a little bit more interesting for those that are already playing yeah. um, and a nice look for those that are developing with us yeah. into the, the new world of running the nets. Yeah, so what we'd like you to do, we've got um, the bearded team who need a name. We have the smooth and youthful team that also need a name. <laughs> I've got a slight beard, but it's mostly out of laziness. Two of us is old and haggard. <laughs> but how you make up for, for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, we'd love, love you to, to come up with some ideas for naming our teams. Uh, that would be really, really cool. Uh, and rewards will be forthcoming. Um, and if you're just getting into this sort of thing and you've got either questions for our um, experts... Uh, Jamie and Joe or if you've got you want to discuss with myself and Aaron what it's like to be new and how how to get your head around things yeah. from a new player's perspective we're there if you're an old hand at this if you have run many nets um, <laughs> then please if you've got any suggestions any ideas anything to, you've, you've got an idea roughly of how Aaron and I want to play so if you've got any suggestions please let us know yeah, uh, it'd be really could, cool if you could not help Brian and just help me and Aaron that would be fantastic <laughs> and obviously... if you could not help Aaron but just help me and Brian that would be even better yes that would um, and Ooh. I actually am the keeper of the biscuits uh, just so you know um, I will buy better fancier biscuits Aaron that's a lie neither of us have any money those two have this jobs <laughs> we are Wayland we, we are. We've, we've got we're the, the money team job the <laughs> yeah. oh my oh, we are the we corp we are the corp and you're the runners that's amazing I've never been in a position of power before. I can't wait to abuse this horribly. <laughs> That's what well, power is. Try and get us killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll go. Oh, Brian sent us a cake. Boom. <laughs> Aaron will wake up with Joe's head in a bed next to him. Not saying you're a when horse. When you weren't planning. Excellent. So yes, yes. Thank, thank you very much uh, for listening. Please get in uh, in contact, and if you want to keep sort of up to date with what we're doing, you can uh, like and subscribe. Uh, if you know people that are also, especially if you're an existing player and you know people that are just getting into it or have shown an interest, they might find it fun to sort of play along and get involved. Um, so please sort of share this with them. Uh, so we can hook some other people in a in a similar position, um, and we look forward to hearing from you in the comments or in all the other various places that you can get hold of us, like Twitter and all that. Look at the links below the thing; it'll be fine. Cool. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, we have been the Critical Twits. Thank you for listening to the, the first in our ongoing Netrunner series. Yeah, it needs a name. It does.
Answers on a postcard, win a biscuit. Um, <laughs> or a tweet or a comment. Because yes. you don't know where we live, so postcards would be silly. Yeah, or just write it on a postcard and just throw it into the wind. And it may and find us If it's day. meant to be, <laughs> it will find us. Just put critical twits UK, it'll get here. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Or it will confuse archaeologists <laughs> 100 years into the future when this cyberpunk reality has become... Actually, some kind of archaic cult. <laughs> yes, oh, I'd love to be considered a cult by future <coughs> generations. So, thank you very much. I've been Brian Ennis. I've been Aaron Vinsky. I've been Joe Lewin. And I've been Jamie Myland. Uh, we have been the Critical Twits. Until next time, it's Jamie's turn to say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>